Welcome to podcast number two of Surfboard Theology, where we ask the big questions. May God's grace and peace and the universe smile upon you. May you have joy in your heart. May everything go good in your life. I know it's not going to, but I pray that it will. God's blessings upon you. All right, the question we are asking today is why do churches tell us we are sinners and going to hell all the time? Let me say that again. Why do churches always tell us we are sinners and going to hell all the freaking time? I just don't know. There's a priest who works in Southern California somewhere. San Diego, Los Angeles, I, I don't know. It's, uh, Father Greg Boyle. Greg Boyle. And Father Boyle was in his office one time, and he runs a bakery where gang members can get jobs and, and get off drugs and get cleaned up and tattoos removed and go out and have a better life. Anyway, he's in his office one time. He's waiting for some cops to show up to have a conversation with him about one of his people. <laughs> and he looks out, and across the street, there's a few gang members hanging out. Should be in school, but they're not that particular day. And the cop pulls up, goes over, talks to the gang members, and one of them must have been like 13, 14, in that range. And the policeman pulls off his hat, the kid's hat, throws it in a mud puddle, and walks over to talk, talk to Father Boyle. And Father Boyle asks him, why, why did you throw that kid's hat in the mud puddle? And the police officer said, well, I want him to know that gang life sucks. And Father Boyle looked at him and says, dude, the kid already knows that gang life sucks. Now he knows that gang life sucks and police officers suck too. You know, we don't have to make anybody realize how bad their life is. I think we all have had times in our life enough that we go, yeah, my life's bad. And, you know, it's when you're at your worst that you need the blessing the most. You need some positive reinforcement in your life the most. When things are going good, hey, you know, yeah, can you be reminded that there's more out there? Absolutely. But you don't need to be told that you suck. It doesn't work. People don't improve when we're told we're bad. We improve when we're told what we're doing good, and that is reinforced. Now, honestly, I'm not a dog person. My, my ex-wife is a dog person. I am anything but a dog person. No patience for it. I hate, I, I hate training them, and I, I hate cleaning up piles out of the yard. So can't stand. I'm a cat person. Okay, I can deal with a litter box once in a while. Anyway, so my wife was training this dog, and I get up in the morning, there's this pile in the middle of the kitchen floor. And I am like mad. I want to beat the crap out of the dog. My wife's like, no, 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 can't do that. I'm like, why, why not? She's like, you, you don't tell them when they're bad and abuse them. You reward them for being good. So every time he goes even anywhere near the, the back door, open the back door, give him a treat, tell him he's good. And then when he's going outside on his own, anytime he goes potty at all, give him a treat, tell him he's good. And the dog pretty soon goes, oh, you know, I don't really understand these tall, strange-looking people, folks. But they get really happy and excited when I go do my business in the yard. I, I can do that. for. I want to make her happy some more. I like her when she's happy. I get treats. I get petted. This is great. And the dog starts doing that. But if you just beat the crap out of the dog when you do something wrong, you, you're not going to train it to go outside. In the same way, 
one day a uh, dog gets out the front door and the dog is happy. Woohoo! Look at me. I am free and I am running through the neighborhood. Dog's running all over the place, up and down the street. And my wife's running out, here puppy, here doggy, come here, come here, come here. So sweet, so nice, happy, like she is having the best time. And you know under her breast she's going, like a friggin' freaking bug a friggin' dog. But all the dog can hear is, come here baby, come here, woo-woo. And the dog comes back to her, she is so happy to see that dog. She gives that, she's been chasing this dog for 20 minutes. Gives that dog a treat and a big hug, brings it back in the house. And I'm like, let me guess. She's like, yep, you're right. If you beat the dog when it comes to you, the dog learns he's going to get beat when he comes to you. What you've got to train the dog to do is when the dog does come to you, they get rewarded for what they're doing good. And I'm surprised church doesn't always work like that. Instead, we're told we're going to hell, told we're sinners, told how bad we are. And some churches even like march outside funerals. You're going to hell. You're already in hell. I'm like, really, what good does that do anybody? Now, in addition to being a padre, uh, I am also I am also a teacher. And I had a girl in my class one time. I mean, I love kids. Eighth, eighth graders, middle school kids, they, they can be tough and can kill you. But they also can be the, I mean, I just love watching the light bulbs go on and the joy come out when they get a new idea. You know, they're, they're not quite people yet. They're mostly there. They're getting there, but they're kind of half-baked. And I had this one girl in my class, Kiki. Yes, you heard that right, Kiki. And uh, I'm, I'm teaching a writing class, and Kiki's not really writing anything. And, and finally, I get something out of Kiki. And I go back and I talk to her like, and it was brilliant. This girl, as an eighth grader, she could have done well in a college class. Her thinking was that advanced. It was really, really good. And I and I watched her and said, Kiki, I love this piece of writing. This one, I've read like 100 papers today. This one made me happy. This is the best piece of writing I've seen anybody out of anybody yet this year. And in fact, you could be sitting in, I've seen freshmen in college with ideas, you, you can't teach them to think like this. And you can see her jaw kind of hit the floor at that point. She's like, but did, 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 didn't, you, um, didn't you see my spelling? And I'm like, well, Kiki, um, I, honestly, yeah. Um, and she was a good enough friend that I knew I could get away with this. So I, so I said this. I said, Kiki, your, um, your spelling is the worst I have ever seen in my entire life. Ever from anybody in the whole. But Kiki, your ideas are brilliant. I can teach anybody to write. You can't teach people to have brilliant ideas like this. I told her, you could be in college. You would do well. Okay? And if you just, you should even think about being a writer. You become a writer someday, you'll have an editor who will correct your spelling. You'll have spell check on a computer. But right now, you know, these ideas, this is what we are going to work on this year, perfecting these ideas and, and getting you going in this direction because this is so, 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 so good. And she, she's like, oh, nobody's ever told me I'm a good writer before. I'm like, I find that hard to, Kiki, it's brilliant. She said, all they ever see is my spelling. Fix your spelling, fix your spelling, fix your spelling. That girl came alive in my class. She, whenever we had it, she not only started writing, 
But whenever we had a class discussion, her hand was up. And sometimes it was a question that made you go, huh, wow, that's a really good question. Other times she had an idea. She said, well, what about this? And it was such a deep, insightful idea. I know that some of the kids in class were, couldn't even follow what she was saying. It was just that good. Brilliant. And she went off and she wrote me from high school and she said, oh, Mr. Marsh, things are going so great here. I took your advice. By the way, you know, when we were talking about the... Uh, when you told me that uh, the Civil War was all because of slavery and that some people would try and say it's about states' rights, but it was really about slavery. And I said, yeah, that was a really good discussion we had. What really was the, uh, the cause of the Civil War and whatnot? She said, well, my, my, uh, my 10th grade teacher told us it was about states' rights. And when I told him, yeah, but it was a state's right to own slaves and it was really all about slavery, it didn't go over well. <laughs> I said... Well, there you go. Do you think you did the right thing? She said, absolutely. I know I did the right thing. Uh, so that was Kiki. I had another girl in my class. I don't remember her name. We'll call her Maria. And Maria was the slowest writer I have ever seen in my life. So slow. Um, and when I finally got her first piece of writing from her, several days after it was due, uh, I, I, I had to go talk to her. I said, this is the best piece of writing I have ever had from any student ever in my life. We should look at publishing some of your stuff. This is that good. You could look at a sentence that she'd written and you could see where she kind of crossed some of the things out and reworked ideas on her own and, and tried different words. And so it was, it was beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. And, and, she's, and she's like, what? I'm like, no, that's how good this is, Maria. That's how good this is. And she says, in third grade, my teacher told me I was too slow and I was a terrible writer. And so I haven't really written anything since. I'm like, it's been five years? She's like, well, you know, I write as little as possible. I do my assignments, but I'm like, no. I, I might as well just give you an A in this class right now and writing for the rest of the year, okay? And I don't want you to worry about deadlines. I want your writing to be good. I don't want it to be fast, okay? I'm not here to teach fast. I'm here to teach good, and you are great. And I want to see more of that from you this year. So I would end up cut out. I would cut off like half her assignments. So like, all right, you don't have to do this one and that one. I want you to spend your time on this one and the other one. Because um, I didn't want to punish her by like 20 extra hours of homework a week. So it's like, we'll just cut some of these off. And on tests, sometimes I would take off a few of the questions. Go, no, no, I just just answer these here, and I'll get a feel for what you're doing. Um, but she was that good, and and but again, she was like, but but people told me I was too slow, I was terrible, and she was beautiful. It was a beautiful piece of writing. And in fact, at the uh, toward the end of the school year, we had our state test where you've got to, all the, all the schools have to do the test in month of May. You got from the first day to the last day, and and the writing test took ten days. And they had scheduled my class for like the last week. And I had to go and fight for this girl. And I like, no, she can't do it in a week. If the other kids take a week, she will take two weeks. They're like, well, get her to speed up. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get her to speed up. And if we tried to do it, she would come to me and she'd say, but Mr. Marsh, you said you wanted good, not fast. Which is So I, I did manage to get her into another class so she could take her test at, at the beginning of the month and have a full 10 days instead of just the five. Anyway, the point is, we thrive when people tell us we're doing great. 
that's what makes us change when people love us and care for us and recognize all those good things. So my, you know, my school has always been arguing about how do we motivate, motivate students? I said, we don't. Oh, I was hated for this one. Nobody believed me. I said, what do you mean we don't? I said, no, motivation. They said, we, we need to get them motivated so they'll be successful. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. We make them successful and that will motivate them. I mean, you could tell, you could try all you wanted to get to motivate me to learn how to take the engine out of my car and rebuild it. And I will guarantee right now, I don't care. That sounds boring. Sounds forever pile of crap. I don't want to do it. Forget it. But my father-in-law, he sat me down one day and said, Rob, time to learn how to change the oil. I said, okay, fine. So he takes me out. He says, this will save you money. So we bought some oil. He showed me how to unscrew the thing at the bottom. Showed me the dipstick. He showed me where you put it, drain out the oil, how you take it. I'm like, wow, that's easy. I can do this. Started changing my own oil. You know, and then from that, you know, headlight goes out. It's like, you know, I bet I can figure this out. Learn how to change my own headlights. Wipers, you know, started to learn how to do things on the car. Not because somebody tried to motivate me to fix my car, but they showed me how to be successful in something small and I got bigger. So we need to recognize the good that's in people already because that's the God spark. I don't know. So my question today is why do churches tell us we're sinners and we're going to hell? Oh, bless you, my people. Your sins are forgiven you. Go in peace. Go and be kind to somebody. God bless you.